Good morning. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. This passage follows directly after what Tom Kay preached last week um, about the nature of God versus the nature of man. He talked about how Temptation and sin comes from our hearts, comes from our own desires, and everything that is good comes from God, and everything that comes from God is good, and it's perfect, and it's right. So to give context for the passage that I'm covering today, we're going to go back to the beginning, the very, very beginning. So everything is completely dark. So far as we know, According to the Bible, the only thing God has created so far is the earth, and it is without form. It's completely water, and there's no light by which to see it. And then in Genesis 1-3, he says, it says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Simple statement, simple results. It happened. He said it. Shortly after that, he says a couple of other very simple things. He separates the water on the earth from the water in the atmosphere. He calls it sky. He says it. It happens. Makes sense. Then he says, let the water separate from land, and it happens. There's dry land, and there are the oceans. So very simple things he says, and very simple things happen. Then he gets to this, Genesis 1.11. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. Now, that's a little bit longer than his other statements. But if you look out that window, you can see there is more variation right there in plant life than what he said in that, that statement. And you find something very simple. I'm sorry, you go, you go over the entire world, not just out that window, you see vastly more variation than what he said in that. And he goes on to say, uh, my paraphrase, but this is basically what he says, let fish be a thing. Let birds be things. Let beasts and bugs be things. Not much more complicated than that. And they happen. And again, There is so much more variation in creation, variation in creation, than you would think simply by hearing his words. What's up with that? Well, the simple fact of the matter is that when God speaks, there is way more going on behind what he's saying than his actual statement. There is an infinity of thought behind every word 
that he speaks. In fact, John 1 tells us that there is so much meaning behind his word that his word is actually the person of Jesus Christ. That God's word is him. That's amazing. So in our passage today, James is simply asking us to likewise put thought and care behind what we say and how we say it. So we're going to go through this passage bit by bit, one phrase at a time, and then we'll uh, go over some simple applications. So let's go to the first one. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, dot, dot, dot. This you know. Now, I tend to study in the New American Standard Bible. It's, it's a great one. Um, we, there are other translations, and depending on your translation, this might render more as a directive. Know this, instead of this you know. But either way, James is undoubtedly aware that his original audience, primarily at the time uh, Jews who became Christians, were aware of what he was about to tell them. Because statements like this are all over Hebrew wisdom. Proverbs is full of such statements about being careful what you say, being careful how you say it. So he, James, considered it worth his time to remind us. Why? Because we need to be reminded. Simple as that. Next statement. My beloved brethren. This you know, my beloved brethren. This is where James is coming from. He makes very clear to say, I love you, and we are brethren. Now, in context, this is inclusive. So men and women, brethren and sistren, which is actually a word, fun fact. So my beloved brethren, his motive is love. His motive is a desire to see us grow, not a desire to put us down. And where he's coming from is as a brother. If you want to go back to the first message, the first verse, as a fellow servant of Christ. He's not putting on airs. Now, this was in stark contrast to the Pharisees and teachers of the law that were around the people who would have been hearing this. The, 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 the guys that Jesus so passionately argued against, their attitude was, here are these rules, do them, and do them or else. And James is saying, here are some guidelines. We do need to do these, but we need to do these, and they need to be done out of love. So let's go to the, uh, I'm sorry, next one. But everyone must be. Simply put, there's no excuse for personality. There's no excuse for humor. If you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God. And if you have the Holy Spirit of God, then you need to be growing into his nature. We all do. And God's nature is not to speak thoughtlessly, even if it's funny or even if it's your personality. Now, it doesn't mean you can't just talk with someone and chat with someone. That's fine. But just don't take for granted that I can't do anything about it because this is just who I am. All right, let's go to the first directive. Everyone must be quick to hear. So a few years ago, 
I was visiting Illinois uh, with my wife. We were visiting her family. I think it was for Thanksgiving. And it was a few days into the visit. So everyone, one evening, was just chilling and doing whatever it is you do. And I was sitting in the kitchen at my computer working on a project. And I heard what must have been the tail end of a conversation. I don't know why I didn't hear the rest of it. But my sister-in-law, Kim, suddenly said, all conversation today is just one person waiting for the other person to shut up so you can say what you want to say. That stopped me cold. Because in that moment, I realized I do that all the time. You see, quick to hear or quick to listen doesn't just mean let the other person talk, because we all kind of know don't interrupt people. It's basic politeness. But it doesn't just mean let them talk. It means listen to what they are saying, really. Don't wait for them to stop so you can speak. Listen to what they're saying so that you can know what they mean and why it's important to them. Jesus did this all the time. People came up and asked him questions, started talking to him, and he answered the question that they were really asking. Very rarely did he answer the question they had asked because he knew that's not what they really were getting at. He listened to them. Even when they were wasting his time or trying to, he said, no, I'm going to respond with what you're really getting at. Quick to hear. Another application, I think, for this is not just listen intently to maybe sacrifice what you want to say, um, but also to seek out the truth when you hear something that maybe someone said or did that you think is wrong. Now, we're in a group of people. In groups of people, you hear things about other people. It happens. But if you hear that someone else did or said something, you don't accept it. You don't pass it on. If it's really serious, you should go to them directly, quick to go and hear what they have to say. Say, hey, just so you know, it sounds like you said or did this, and that's kind of a problem. What, what gives? And let them tell you, oh, that's, that's a big misunderstanding. And I don't know how that got out. You see, as people, we want to be included. And it makes us feel included when, there are, when there's someone talking about somebody else and it's this little secret and you hear about them. But as Christians, we should rather be the last person to know something negative about somebody else if it's going to come through gossip. We listen when people are speaking to us, but when someone is talking about someone else negatively, drop it. All right, next one, slow to speak. Now, obviously, this is related to what we just talked about, but there are a couple of um, additional points on it. Obviously, obviously, it means don't interrupt. We all know that. That's basic politeness. But the reason why for that is because when you interrupt somebody, it says to them, I care more about what I am going to say than about what you are saying right now. And to be honest, sometimes we interrupt because we're just excited about what that person is saying. And so we're really into it, and we're just contributing to the conversation, and that's awesome. But we need to consider what it looks like to them. That's part of loving communication. 
I've been confronted about this several times. I do get excited, or I have a thought, and I interrupt them. But it's really important. It's really important to listen to what they're saying. Because when you interrupt someone, not only does it say, hey, I care more about what I'm going to say, but it says to them, hey, I probably stopped listening a minute ago because I've been trying to say this. Slow to speak also means slow to speak. It doesn't mean speak well, like Dory. It means wait. <laughs> the Greek word for slow here is bradus. That's fun to say. Bradus. And it means to deliberate, to consider all facts before speaking. What am I going to say? How are they going to receive it? Is it helpful? Is it loving? Is it true? Should I say anything at all? And to be honest, that sounds exhausting, right? If we put that kind of thought into everything we said, we would hardly ever say anything. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Think about what our community would be like if we put that kind of thought into our words. There would be so little complaining. There would be so much encouragement flying thick and fast because that's, like, that's the only thing we can say hardly without thinking about it that much. It would be happening all the time. There would be no gossip. There would be so, so little misunderstanding between people because we're all considering how the other person might take what we're going to say. That sounds amazing. Let's go to the next one. And slow to anger. Now, this is kind of a weird triplet to drop in here. Quick to hear, slow to speak, makes sense, slow to anger. Okay, that's a little bit more specific, maybe. Now, I think this is because James is interested in how we, we speak to each other on, under normal circumstances, but he's also addressing a very specific kind of discussion, and that is correction or maybe without its negative connotations, confrontation. Going up to someone and saying, hey, what you're doing isn't right. Let me help you get back on the path to God. Now, he drops this here because pretty much the rest of the book is going to be him, James, addressing problems of behavior in the churches. And so he's telling us, be quick to hear. Don't get defensive. Just listen and listen and let God poke you if you need to be. Now, this also definitely applies to our discussions with each other. It's not just James speaking to us from 2,000 years ago. We need to be on both sides of this kind of conversation. Loving confrontation is necessary. In fact, James closes his letter by saying, we need to confront each other about sin, and we need to do so lovingly. Lovingly because, next statement, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Very simply, if you want to give someone a piece of your mind because they said something or did something or did or said something to you, if you want to show them how wrong they are, it's not God. It's you. And human anger is not God's anger. God does get angry at sin, but his target 
is, is the sin. It's the sinful nature in us. It's not the person that he wants you to be. He wants us to grow and to flourish. He doesn't want to cut us down. So that's a lot. You can bring the next slide up. Fortunately, it boils down to these three simple statements. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Listen more, speak less, be angry less. Okay. So here are a few applications. Next slide. Themed after, look up, lean in, reach out. It's convenient. Um, so quick to hear in the look up category. Can't read that from here, sorry. Make time to listen to God by studying his word and sitting in silence to let him speak. Now, at the very beginning, or second message, Tom K. talked about trials and how we need to listen to God and let him show us what we need to learn. We can't do that if we're complaining constantly. Now, we can tell him how we feel. That's fine. That's good. But at some point, we need to stop. Listen to him through his word first, and then what he might be saying to us through our spirit. And that's important because you can't really identify what's God in your spirit if you don't know his word. Next one, slow to speak, lean in. Listen to what others are saying. Do not merely wait for your chance to talk. And if you do speak, don't rush into it. Don't just wait for someone to shut up so that you can talk. And then... Be careful what you're going to say or whether you're going to say anything. Don't rush into it. Like I said, I've, I struggle with this. I think I've improved. But the fact is that silence is hard. Waiting and pausing before you think is hard. Some of you were really glad when I said something after 30 seconds of silence up here. But what does that mean? It means that when you do speak, what you say has more impact. And think about it. Wouldn't you rather people be glad you decided to start talking rather than they be glad you decided to stop talking? Next one. Reach out. Slow to anger. Pay attention to how your words and attitude are received. Are you showing Christ's love with your communication and your words? If you're in traffic, if you're at the store waiting in line, if you're on Facebook or other social media, consider your attitude and your words. Honestly, the gospel has truths about it that are extremely confrontational. None of us likes being told that we are sinners and that we need God. The gospel can be offensive to people simply because it is true. We do not need to make it harder for God to reach people by being offensive ourselves because we're being jerks about it. So, can you bring up the verse, please? The next slide. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. The best example, of course, is Jesus, but a very specific example is when he was actually nailed to the cross. 
He listened as people mocked him, insulted him, laughed at him, and he didn't retaliate. We would have. The first, the, what he said was not in any way angry at the people attacking him. One of the most powerful things he said was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, he didn't need to say that out loud. He could have just prayed silently, but he said it as an example so that we would know, one, where his head was at, that he loves us and that's why he's doing it, and two, as an example for us in our attitude. The band can come back up. So, like James said at the start of the verse, we know this. We know these things. I haven't told you anything that you didn't know, other than maybe that cistern is a word. You all know this. We know this. This is, this is basic human politeness. But James is more interested in a supernatural level of care in our words and thought behind what we say and our attitudes in delivery. And he's not expecting immediate transformation in us. This is something that we need to grow into. Yes, it takes time. But as a community, we do need to be growing into it. 